Well, for the fourth straight week, we're talking about a Northwestern loss. But this one, this one I think you can be a, li- a little bit more proud of. You are Locked On Northwestern, your daily podcast on the Northwestern Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. This is Locked On Northwestern, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. I'm your host, Carter Bird, and uh, thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever we are available. Uh, we're also available on YouTube. Just search Locked On Northwestern. You can find us. Make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss any episodes that come out because they come out each each weekday. Uh, and yeah, turn on notifications. Uh, leave, leave, a, leave a comment. Leave a, uh, a re- review. And we would love to get your feedback. We'd love to... Uh, improve the show however we can. And uh, yeah, I'd also like to uh, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn jo- LinkedIn.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply all right well let's get into this a little bit because uh northwestern goes on the road to happy valley to penn state and they lose 17 to 7 well um i think you can be happy with the fight i thought the team fought very very hard in Extremely bad weather, pouring rain. At times, it looked like it it let up, but most of the game, it just looked miserable to to uh, play in. Late in the game, Halinski tried to make a play with his legs, slid into the sidelines, and he came back. And it's like he went and rolled around in like a uh, pig pen, which wasn't ideal for the uh, the next play when I think he had to make a make a throw on. I want to say it may have been a third or third or fourth and long. Um, this game turned into a the definition of just a turnover frenzy. It just felt like neither team could hang on to the football in a game like this. You saw five turnovers for Penn State. You saw three for Northwestern, and we'll talk more about that as we go. Um, but it was certainly uh, seemed difficult to keep your your hands on the ball in this one balls were rolling around on the ground all the time it felt like um, and I and I thought neither team as a result of the weather and the conditions that played a role in those turnovers but in that also I think that played a role in neither team was particularly uh, effective passing the ball. Northwestern was much later, and that brings me to to my next point. I thought Northwestern was extremely um, conservative and passive almost 
to start the game. I thought they they called the game on offense like they expected it to be a seven to six final score. Um, and then when the urgency finally kicked on and they started moving the ball, it was kind of too little, too late. Uh, but it was a Herculean by that Northwestern defense to keep Northwestern in the game. They were on the field a whole lot. They held up. They contained the run game pretty well. They definitely contained Clifford. We've seen him have much better games this season than what he had on Saturday. But um, And then you saw the, the, the turnovers forced. On offense, you just couldn't really run the ball. Uh, you got a little too too predictable with that at, at certain points, but you did play a clean football game. Uh, just two penalties, ten yards. The uh, jerseys may not have been clean, particularly Helensky's there at the end. But but as far as the procedural things, it was a clean game for Northwestern. Those are my initial takeaways here. But uh, in just a second, we're gonna take a much deeper dive into the offense because offense is probably going to be going to be the majority of the time today. Um, we will talk about the uh, defense in the final segment, but I, th- I just think the, the offense is a more interesting side of the ball to talk about in a game where you only get seven points and you do get stuffed later. Um, but I do think that that's going to be an interesting thing to talk to, to talk about. But first, Let's talk about our friends at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Look, LinkedIn Jobs is something that I use to to uh, I've used in my past to get various roles uh, kind of in the sports media field. It's how I ended up where I'm at right now with the radio station that I work with, along with what I do with with Locked On. And I mean, it's it's a great tool. It helps connect you to people who can help you along the way as you try to pursue your career. And then for for any um, anybody who's hiring, it's a very, very easy tool to to get the word out there. I mean, you just post your job and you just you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Uh, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire and interview. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's as we progress into the fall, it's that much more vital to make sure that you have the right people on your team. Uh, you add the right team members to to allow you to to finish the year the year strong and to help your business grow. But LinkedIn Jobs, I mean, it's 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 why businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Uh, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the quali- the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Here we go. We're going to talk about this Northwestern offense. Uh, and you got to start with kind of the point that I made earlier. This was maybe the most conservative game, the start to a game, game point wise, I've ever seen out of any team. Your first eight plays on offense were all runs. Seven of them were runs up the middle. And it felt like Northwest or like Penn State was ready for it. I mean, you open the uh, the you open the game with ten of your first twelve offensive plays or runs. It was a tough start. As a result, I mean, it looked like Penn State was prepared for that in the weather. You saw four three and outs and an interception on one of those one of those first couple pass attempts. Um, but yeah, that made up the entire the entirety of the first five drives was four three and outs and an interception. Not the start you want. Just 13 yards in the first quarter, 65 yards in the second quarter, better. But still, you can't go to half with just 78 total yards. You mean you were 0.9 yards per play in the first quarter, and you went to half with just about two and a half yards per play. I mean, it, it was not good enough. Three first half turnovers. It's kind of the story of the game. For It was for that slow start, you not only were you too predictable and Penn State was ready for it, you got, you I mean, all you did was run the football. I mean, you 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 ran the football a ton uh, when you did throw it. You mean, Halinski, I believe he started over five with an interception. Not the start you want there. You turn the ball over, you put the ball on the ground, three turnovers, and you found yourself down. Um, I believe you were down what you were down. I think 14, nothing at half. If I recall. Yeah. You're down 14, nothing at half. I'd had to uh, double check that one, but yeah, I mean, so you go to half and it's a little bit demoralizing, but at this in the same token, the uh, defense is playing well enough to keep you in the game. We'll talk about the uh, defense in a sec. Well, you showed some signs of life in that second half. Five of six explosive pass plays were in the second half, including a 47-yard touchdown pass to Jacob Gill, which was huge, got you um, kind of was an injection of life into the, into the team. Uh, you couldn't run the ball at all in the second half, though, like at all. And I think you realized that pretty quickly. There were eight rushes. For minus nine yards, generally, that's pretty tough. It's not going to win a lot of games. It's not going to. It's not going to show give you any balance when you run for negative yards and a half of football. Ryan Helensky was fifteen of thirty-seven in the game for the, for a forty-one percent completion percentage. 
210 yards, one touchdown, one interception, had a 91.7 passer rating and a 28.1 QBR, according to ESPN. Uh, 5.68 yards per attempt, not exactly uh, because of the inefficiency completing balls. Um, those numbers don't really jump off the page. But then at the next the next stat, 14 yards per completion. That's one of the higher numbers he's put up all year. It might be the highest. Uh, first half, 3 of 11, 38 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick, 3.45 yards per attempt, 12.67 yards per completion. Second half came to life a little bit. Completion percentage is still bad, but chalk it up to the weather. 12 of 26, 172 yards, one touchdown, zero picks, 6.62 yards per attempt. So over three yards better there and a 14.33 yards per completion. So you're one and a half, uh, one and two thirds yards better there. And you saw the explosive plays start to appear. He had a stretch there coming out of half where he was nine of 13 for 136 yards and a touchdown. Um, And personally, I think he may have scored on the QB sneak. Thought it was a little premature to call him down and not look at it maybe a little harder. Um, I thought he may have been on somebody else's body as he kind of rolled towards the end zone. But, you know, in bad weather, I thought Northwestern did a decent job with its limited amount of completions uh, to kind of spread the ball around. Jacob Gill had his 47-yard touchdown reception. You had three receptions for 32 yards for Evan Hull. You had three receptions for uh, 34 yards for Marshall Lang. Uh, Four receptions, 42 yards for Malik Washington. And then your guy, your leading receiver on the day, Donnie Navarro, four receptions, 55 yards. I think Donnie, Donnie Navarro, what we're starting to see is he's becoming an increasing, increasingly important part of the offense. Same with Marshall Lang. Uh, Thomas Gordon didn't get any receptions in this one, but those two at the tight end position are, are key, especially when you can't run the football. And Northwestern could not here on, on Saturday. Uh, Evan Hull, 11 rushes, 45 yards, um, 4.1 yards per carry. You also had Cam Porter, who was had seven rushes for uh, minus five yards. I mean, that's that's not you're not going to get a lot of progress with that. And then you had Anthony Tyus, two two rushes for six yards. Just really couldn't get much going on the ground at all. You were just 1.1 yards per rush when you add in Malik Washington's one rush for zero yards and Halinski's six rushes for minus 10 yards, um, which, of course, I think he, I thought he had a nice little decently wrong, long run, but uh, no, no, that was Evan Hall. Apologies. Um, I think I read it wrong. <laughs> Uh, it was a tough day for the offensive line when you look at it. Um, you didn't run well at all. Just that 1.1 yards per rush, which is just not going to get it done for you. It's not going get to it, get it done for you at all. And you graded out pretty poorly. Uh, all five offensive linemen graded below a 65 on pro football focus. Uh, 
which is, I think, the the only time that's happened all year. Because you've generally had your anchor, you've had um, you've had Peter Skaronsky grade out extremely, extremely high. He did not today. Uh, Ethan Wiedeker led the way with a 63.1 grade. He had a 69.9 pass block grade and a 57.6 run run block grade. Josh Preeb was next, 59.9 grade. 50.7 pass block grade and a 60.6 run block grade. Skaronski was next, 56.3, 76.2 pass block grade, the best of the group, but a just a 45 and a half run block grade, uh, by far his worst of the year in that category. Uh, then you had Charlie Schmidt, 54.8 pro football focus grade, 70.3 pass block grade, solid. Uh, second best pass block grade. You also had Weedeker up there relatively close to him. The pass block grades for three of the guys were not that bad at all, uh, but just a 50.3 run block grade for him. And finally, Vincent Picazzi is your lowest graded offensive lineman at a 52.1 overall grade. 52.3 in the run block, but 38 and a half in the pass block grade. Just all around kind of a tough day going against a Manny Diaz defense that, that brings a lot of pressure. Um, it's not afraid to, to, to heat up opposing teams, opposing quarterbacks, uh, try to put as much pressure on the offensive line as possible. Kind of in the weather. I just don't think the, the Northwestern offensive line, I think they would tell you they didn't quite have the day that they would want in a, uh, on the especially on the road against a a top team like Penn State, you would want them to perform at maybe a little bit higher of a level. But all in all, I just thought that Northwestern started too predictable on offense, ran the ball up the middle a ton early, um, kind of put didn't make things easy easy on Halinski out the gate. Really slow start. Um, and by the time the sense of urgency kicked in, it was too little too late. I thought Penn State was very much just stacking the box, daring Ryan Holinsky in the rain to beat them with his arm. I wouldn't say that he beat him in the second half with his arm, but I think he did enough to, to um, bring Northwestern back in the game. He had a couple big plays. Obviously had the Jacob Jacob Gill touchdown. Um, I think it's if Northwestern could have this back, same situation. I think they would come out a little bit more aggressive out the gate. Um, maybe wouldn't wouldn't wait as long. Um, kind of running the football to no avail because um, you don't want to. You don't want to fall under the uh, definition of insanity there, which is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. That's kind of what it felt like out the gate, and uh, not much happened. But, yeah, I just think that if if they, if they Northwestern had a do-over, they would try to push the ball uh, in the air a little bit more, a little quicker, make it easier on Holinsky, and not be as predictable out of the gate. Um but yeah, that's that's my thoughts on the offense. We'll talk about the defense here in a in a second. But first, 
let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcast, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Let's talk about the uh, defense. I thought this group played its butts off. Um, I think they were aided by by the weather, but you know, everybody had to play in it. So I thought they they played extremely well. I thought that they they made it tough on Sean Clifford, who was just 10 of 20, 140 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. It's about all you can ask from a Northwestern defense that to be to just to be frank about it, is outmatched talent wise. Um, they held a run game in check to an extent. Fifty eight carries, two hundred and ten yards, I believe. Um, two hundred twenty yards, I believe. Actually, three point eight yards per carry. Look, this is a team that was running the ball like crazy. The running backs were ripping off huge runs. Singleton was averaging nine yards per carry coming in. Katron Allen was averaging six yards per carry coming in. Well, Singleton was 21 for 87 with a touchdown, 4.1 yards per carry. His backfield mate, Katron Allen, 21 carries, 86 yards. Also, 4.1 yards per carry, and he forced five turnovers. He had one interception by Bryce Gallagher, which was a great, great catch getting his hands under the ball, securing it in the rain, not letting that the nose of the football touch the ground or anything. It was a really, really, really good catch by him. You had the fumbles. They, they were forced by Rod Hurd. Garnett Hollis got two of them. And then you had Bryce Gallagher again. He forced a fumble. And then they were recovered by Cam Mitchell, Grayson Metz, Jeremiah Lewis, and Xander Mueller. So you go out there. And you force five turnovers. You're plus two in the turnover battle, which which you haven't won the, the turnover battle in a while. And because of that, you're able to keep your team in the game. You're able to, to not let this Penn State team get so far out front that your struggling offense can't doesn't have time to figure it out, start moving the ball, start putting up points. They ended up putting up a touchdown, almost put up another one. Um would have been interesting to see what type of life would have been in that defense late um, had North, Northwestern gotten some more points on the board. You had five tackles for a loss. Your your people with one full tackle for a loss, Cam Mitchell, Rod Hurd, and Devin O'Rourke. Half a tackle for a loss is to go for half a tackle for loss for guys like Xander Mueller, Bryce Gallagher, Adetama Adabare, and Sean McLaughlin. He didn't get any sacks. But then again, he only he only dropped back. Sean Clifford did what twenty times and and completed ten of them. Um, and then the the other, you only had ten opportunities to get a sack. You did get three quarterback hurries. Uh, Cam Mitchell had one. Jalen Pate had one. Aiden Hubbard had one. Uh, 
uh, two pass breakups by Jeremiah Lewis and Xander Mueller. But my biggest takeaway from this defense was on the road, hostile environment, first true road test, you look to rely on your leaders. And I thought the leaders stepped up. Xander Mueller, 14 tackles, led the team, half a tackle for a loss, a pass breakup, and a fumble recovery. Bryce Gallagher, 12 tackles, half a tackle for a loss, one interception, one forced fumble. Cam Mitchell, 11 tackles, one tackle for a loss, one quarterback hurry, and a fumble recovery. Those three, those are three of what? If I bet if you looked around, those are... Generally, people would tell you those are three of, what, the four or five leaders of this defense, and I thought they did a nice job leading the way for the rest of that defense on Saturday. I was encouraged by it. It didn't get the win, but I thought I thought this Northwestern defense showed us something that we hadn't seen in these bigger games. We hadn't seen in the last few weeks it showed a level of fight, a level of effort, um, a low, an ability to to kind of just figure out a way to keep to keep your team in the game um, against a good team that we probably haven't seen as consistently. And I was encouraged. I was very much impressed. Um, I'm pretty happy with the performance by by the the Northwestern defense. Um, and I think it's something to build off going into the future. I know you've lost four straight, but the defense has been more of the Achilles heel this year. And they just went out and put forth arguably their best performance of the year. And that's something to build on, especially when you look forward. I mean, you're taking on a team that just fired their head coach, um, fired their head coach on Sunday. I mean, could be fun this week. I think I think that uh at least things are things have swung a little bit more likely in your favor looking forward. But we will talk about that later in the week. Uh as we will continue to talk about this game, continue to talk about uh this Northwestern football team and their upcoming game against Wisconsin. Um and yeah, I mean that's that's kind of gonna be the plan for the week. But for now, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for for joining uh, us for Locked On Northwestern. I'm your host, Carter Bird. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CarterBird13. Uh, you can uh, look us up on YouTube at uh, Locked On Northwestern. You can find us wherever you get podcasts. We just want to thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your First, listen for anything and everything Northwestern. Look us up wherever you listen to podcasts. Look us up on YouTube. Subscribe, notifications, uh, comments, reviews, all that stuff helps us. It helps us make the show better. Um, And, yeah, um, I think that's probably going to do it for today. Wait, actually, actually, don't want to get out of here without – without giving you – especially with all the stuff going on in the Big Ten right now. I mean, Wisconsin just fired a coach. You need to know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen behind Locked On Northwestern, Locked On Big Ten. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. We'll see you back tomorrow. We'll probably have some sort of uh, deeper dive into this game and maybe maybe some some position groups, and then we'll start to dig into that Wisconsin matchup coming up. But I'll see you all next time.